0: This is lesson number four this morning on the priesthood or the high priest uh, in the tabernacle there that Moses, under God's leadership, built in the wilderness. And this morning we're going to look at the third article of the garments called the Epid. Also included in that is what they call a strange girdle. So if you got your Bible, open to Exodus chapter 28. And we're going to read just four verses, verses 5 through 8. And then we'll look at some other verses and we'll study all that the Epod has to teach us. Maybe not all, but we'll cover cover the main points. Exodus 28, verse 5. And they shall take gold and blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen. And they shall make the epod of gold and blue and of purple and scarlet and of fine twined linen with cunning work. And it shall have two shoulder pieces thereof joined at the two edges thereof, and so it shall be joined together. And the curious girdle of the epod which is upon it shall be of the same according to the work thereof, even of gold, of blue, of purple, and scarlet, and fine twined linen. All right, we'll end our reading there. We'll look at some more verses in a few minutes. But none of the verses in the scripture that have to do with the making of the epod, this third article of garments that the high priest wore, they tell us very, very little about it. Uh, they make uh, n- practically no explanation of what reason they had for the high priest having this impot but it's got a tremendous amount of truth in it. I think it was last week I was sharing some things with you about how they covered all the pieces of furniture when they moved the tabernacle a 3 days journey while they were in the wilderness. And uh, if you remember, I told you, I said, when you study your Bible— uh, be very careful to study and analyze, and ask the Holy Spirit of God to reveal to you and open your eyes, open your understanding into everything that you read in the Scripture. That's vitally important. But also, it is equally important that you, as you read through a text, try to ask the Holy Spirit to point out, and bring to your attention things that is that are not said in the Scriptures. As we learned last week, the brazen labor had no cover on it when they transported the articles of furniture in the tabernacle through the wilderness. And we studied all that last week, so we won't review that. But we're going to look at that same principle today. We're going to study and see can we learn some things about what's not said in the way this epod is made up. Uh, The epod was made up of various colors, we're going to look at those colors and what they symbolize and what they picture for you and I over in the New Testament and what they picture about our Lord Jesus Christ as the high priest and uh, God willing we can learn some tremendous truths from that uh, just simply by studying the colors that are in it what they what they what they stand for now before we move into the colors let me just briefly explain the epod was made in two pieces, apparently. It had a front and a back, and then it had shoulder straps that went up on the top of the high priest's shoulders, and uh, they were attached together at the top, and we'll look at that next week when we're studying the breastplate, but they were attached together by uh, a gold setting with uh, some onyx stone set in there, and those have got a tremendous meeting, but we won't get into that tonight or this afternoon, this morning. But uh, that's about all that it tells us about the construction of it. Of course, it has a breastplate on it, but that's a complete different lesson by itself. But let's go back to what I was talking about and look at the all of the colors that are spoken of in this uh, piece of material that they put out and called it Now I've got it titled here. You can see the title in green there. said God Flies His Favorite Colors. And God has got some favorite colors. He's got some colors that are not favorable, that he does not like, but we won't get into that today. But he gives us his colors here in the text, even in verse 6. He said, of gold, of blue, of purple, of scarlet, and fine twine linen. Now, we're going to look at, uh, well, we'll look at all of those, but The three colors in the middle of that setting, the blue, the purple, and the scarlet, vitally important. The gold's important, but in a totally different way. The fine line twine linen is important, but in a totally different way. But the blue and the purple and the scarlet are simply colors. Uh, If you'll study the book of Exodus, you'll find that those four colors are mentioned 24 times in the book of Exodus. This is what's interesting, and this is what's vitally important. Uh, Those 24 times that those three colors, blue, purple, and scarlet, are mentioned, they are always mentioned in that order. Not one time will you find where the purple or the scarlet comes first, or none of them will be out of place. They'll always be in the same place, blue and purple and scarlet, And there's a tremendous reason for God putting them in that order. And that's one of a couple of things that we're going to look at and study this morning. Now, you may think that I'm confused, but uh, that'll be all right. Uh, We're not going to study them in that order. And you say, why are we not going to study them in the order that God gave them? I believe that we can study them in a different order, and that will help us to better understand why they are in the order that they're in, and of course I'm not trying to correct God. Please don't think that. I'm just trying to teach this lesson and share with you in such a way that uh, it'll be clearer and easier understood as to why God God put them blue and purple and scarlet. Uh, Before we look at those three colors, let's talk about the first word that's mentioned. It says gold there in uh, verse number five. Take gold and blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen in the construction of this. Now, when we're talking about gold, now listen to me, we're not, we're not talking about that as a color. It's got color. It's a gold color. It's a bright yellow. I'm not saying that. But in this context, the the, the color of it is not what's important. We're talking about a pure piece of gold. That's going to be interwoven into this epod. And of course, you know we've studied this numbers of times through the through the tabernacle. Uh, the gold is a picture of deity, uh, it's, and it's going to be woven throughout this uh, uh, epod that we're studying here this morning. Now, let me say this: make a note of this. We're not talking about gold thread that's going to be woven in and out. Now, the blue and the purple and the scarlet are are blue, purple, and scarlet threads, yarn of some type that's going to make up these three colors in the ipod, but gold is not a piece of thread. You see, uh, if it was a piece of thread, uh, gold thread, it would it would deteriorate. The gold that's involved here is pure gold. I want you to look over next to chapter 39, and you can see that exactly what God is trying to show us and how he told Moses to make this epi. Exodus chapter 39 and verse 3. You'll see why we're not studying it as a color. It says in verse 3, and they did beat the gold into thin plates and cut it into wires to work it in the blue and in the purple and in the scarlet. Did you notice it said in them, they're going to be woven right into that material and in the fine linen with cunning work. I'm not any authority on this at all, but uh, I looked it up in the British Encyclopedia and a couple of other places. You can take one gram of gold, and according to all its research people, it can be beaten out into a fine, fine piece of wire over 500 feet long. So he, God instructed Moses, said, you beat this out into a fine, fine piece of gold wire, and that's going to be woven throughout into these three colors that God designed for the high priest to wear when he went into the Holy of Holies to meet with God. Let me point out one other thing here. The word gold in Exodus 28 and Exodus 39 comes from the Hebrew word uh, zahab, Z-A-H-A-B. It means pure gold. Now, the gold that we read about last week over in Revelation 18:16, that was the mother of Harlots, Babylon the Great. That was the false church, the false religion. And you remember it said uh, she was decked in gold. And we touched on the word decked in there. It wasn't woven into the fabric. It wasn't woven into the colors that she was uh, adorned in. It was, when it said decked, it meant ornamental decoration hanging on the outside, and the word there that's used for gold is the Greek word C-H-R-U-S-O-S, and it primarily in context means gold-colored. It was an imitation of the pure gold that God had Moses to weave into the epod of the... uh, Uh, that the high priest wore. Again, uh, gold is the emblem of deity. I looked this up again in the British Encyclopedia. I think it's uh, interesting, not interesting, vitally important. It said, gold is the emblem of eternal deity, which speaks of the Godhead. It is the most precious metal known to man. Watch now, nothing will alter gold. It is not affected by exposure to air or water. It will not deteriorate if it is buried in the earth for a thousand years. Acid will not alter it. Put it in the fire and it will not burn. It only purifies it. All of these tend to purify pure gold. Uh, That is vitally important in the truth that God has given us in a number of places in the scripture. The Lord Jesus Christ has said what? I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. I change not. You recall last week when we were talking about the blue, the blue pictures, heavenly things. We talked about the blue. You look up at the sky, it's blue, it's beautiful, it's amazing. No one's ever been able to understand what the sky is and why it's really blue, but God tainted it blue when he hung the uh, universe and uh, even when the storm clouds come in, they're gray and black and dark, and the thundering and the lightning, and they, they cause us to have some fearful minutes sometimes when storms are coming. Yet, all during that time when those storm clouds are there, and the lightning's rolling and the thundering's clapping, if we could get up above those clouds, the, the blue sky is still the same as it was before that storm cloud came in. Again, let me repeat the scripture God said, I am the same. Today, yesterday, and forever. Thank God our Lord Jesus Christ never changes. He doesn't change when you and I disobey Him. He doesn't change when you and I uh, get away from God, maybe, and get involved in some kind of sin. God never changes. He never ceases His love and affection for you and I as His children. So we can be thankful for that. That's just one reason. There's a number of reasons. One other thing I think is uh, we talk about the blue sky and uh, how beautiful it is and the gold, the deity that's ever-changing, never-changing, won't deteriorate, can't be altered. It's uh, The sky is unbelievably beautiful. It's unexplainable. Science have never been in. They talk about exploring space. They don't even know what space is. Space has no beginning, no end, and they haven't begin to cover what's out there in what we call space. That's just a but as beautiful, as unchanging, as unbelievably beautiful and well-organized in construction that it is, if you look in Isaiah chapter 40, there's an interesting verse that uh, tells us mountains about our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, look in uh, yeah Isaiah chapter 40, and verse 25. It says, to whom then will ye liken me, or shall I be equal, saith the Holy One? Even compared to the gold that is indestructible and cannot be deteriorated, even compared to the blue sky and the heavens and all the firmament above us, the Scripture says, whom shall we compare our Lord Jesus Christ to? Nobody, nothing can he be compared to. We, we're going to be amazed, brother, when we get to heaven and we're going to see him face to face and we're going to be like him because we're going to see him face to face. One more other item before we move on to this color of the blue, talking about that gold and all that it represents and all that it pictures. You remember we've used this verse a number of times. Peter, over in 1 Peter chapter 1, he said, the trial of your faith is what? Much more Precious than gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire. God puts a high, high premium, brethren, on you and I living by faith. God said it's much more precious than gold. It's much more precious than anything you can compare it to. All right, let's look at the color blue. As we've already studied last week, the blue is symbolic of heaven. Just look up at the sky. Uh, now, why God made it blue I and how he made it blue, he didn't see fit to explain that. But uh, over in Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 26, it makes it plain that it is blue by design. It says that above the firmament that was over their heads was the likeness of a throne as the appearance of a sapphire stone the sapphire stone, the primary color in the sapphire stone is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful blue. So the sky, the sky is a picture of heaven. It's a picture of heavenly things. You put the blue and the gold together side by side, intertwined, woven together. However you do it doesn't make any difference. The gold pictures deity, the supreme and eternal God, and the heaven teaches heavenly things, divinity, the, at, the attributes. Of a supreme and eternal God. So you put them together, you've got a com- combination of deity and divinity. Let me point out this verse before we move on. I think it's a bit of a blessing to me. Hopefully it will to you. It just it, it magnifies our Lord Jesus Christ, it magnifies the God of heaven in creation. Look in Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 22. It says, it is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers that stretcheth out the heaven as a curtain and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in. It tells us that uh, uh, the, he that sitteth upon the curve of the earth, we all know circle of talking about God of heaven, that one day in eternity past when God was creating the heavens and the earth, God hung them out there like a curtain, put them on the circle of the earth, and they're still there today. They've never been changed. They're a picture of our Lord Jesus Christ, but one day, the end time's coming. Let's look at what's going to happen. Turn to Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. We just read where God spread them out as a curtain. Now look in Hebrews chapter 1. Let's begin reading in verse 10. This will amaze you. This will thrill you if you think about it. And thou, Lord, in the beginning has laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thy hand. You see the picture? God said he stretched them out like a curtain, the work of his hands. That was in the beginning. Verse 11. They shall perish, but thou remainest, and they all shall wax old as the other garment, and as a vesture piece of clothing. Shall thou fold them up, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. God says, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. But the heavens are just a picture of our Lord Jesus Christ. They're not our Lord Jesus Christ. And one day, God, when it's all said and done, God's going to fold the heavens up. They're going to be changed. He's going to put them away. And all of you know, without turning there, we go over to Revelation chapter 22. It says there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Can anybody here even claim to visualize how beautiful, how magnificent, how wonderful a new heaven? And if you compare it to what God has given now in the firmament and the moon and the sun and the stars and the galaxies that are still amazing scientists of the world today, they shake their head in amazement. And yet one day God's going to fold all that up and put it away and he said i'm going to bring out a new heaven and a new earth and brother it's going to be a it's going to be an amazing place you remember the scripture over in the new testament said i had not seen ear had not heard that which god has prepared for them that love him part of that is going to be the new heaven and the new earth that you and i are going to live in so that's a uh, A brief commentary on the gold thread hammered in the thread that's woven in with the blue and the purple and the scarlet woven into it, not just stitched on top. Now, let's skip over the purple. Like I said, that's the second color in the three major colors here. And let's study the red so that we can get a better picture when we uh, come back and conclude this. The color red, scarlet is red. Uh, We've already studied this a number of times, and no doubt, nothing. we're not taking away from this at all today, but that is a picture of the blood of the Lamb. That's a picture of our Lord Jesus Christ and the blood he shed, the blood that taketh away sin, sin. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. It's an absolute perfect picture in many, many places in the context. But, red's also a picture of this earth that we live on. It's a picture of the dirt. That you and I are made out of now I realize that our earth in some places in the world is not red, a lot of places it is well red, but the scripture considers it to be earth to be red to be dirt and Let me just point out now before we get too far into this that makes heaven above blue, and earth below is red. Those two colors are opposite, blue and red are not compatible colors. Talk to any fashion designer. Study anything you want to, work, to study. You won't ever see a, a lady going around in a bright red skirt and a bright royal blue blouse. They don't go together. They, they When you put them together, they look cheap. Uh, they just do not, somebody said, well, they got blue and red in our flag. Yeah, it ain't doing too good either. But red and the blue sky and the red earth are opposites. They're exactly Opposite. So y'all with me? That's important because we're going to look at that. Now when God created man, he created him from what? Created him from the dust of the earth. And when God created man, he gave him a name. He called him Adam. Uh, how many of you know what Adam means? All right, Adam is not an English word. Adam is a Hebrew word and where you read Adam over in Genesis, that's not a translation of a Hebrew word that the scriptures were written in in the Old Testament. That is the literal Hebrew word that God used when he said, uh, he gave, He called him Adam. Now, Adam was made from the dirt, the dust of the earth, and God called him Adam, Uh not only did God call him Adam, you know, when God created Eve out of Adam's rib, it was still from the dust of the earth. And Adam named his wife Eve. We're all familiar with that, but that's not what God, that's not what God named them. Turn over to uh, Genesis chapter 5. Let's read verse 2. Genesis chapter 5 and verse 2. God gave him a different name. Genesis chapter 5 verse 2 it says male and female created him created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. So God called both Adam and Eve God called both Adam and Eve Adam uh, and put them together as a pair. So again, I want you to see that the red is a picture of the earth. It's a picture of man made out of dirt, made out of red earth. Uh, you know, most of us think a little more highly of ourselves. than ought. We ought to humble ourselves. God tells us we ought to humble ourselves, that the humble should be exalted. And the exalted should be brought low. Uh, let me give you something that you can practice, and it'll help you if you want to. Uh, every time you get up in the morning, you get out of bed, your feet hit the floor, go in the bathroom and look in the mirror and say, uh, good morning dirt. And, uh, if you'll let that become real to you, it'll help you to realize that you and I are made nothing more than the dirt of the earth. Now, let me give you one more scripture on this matter of scarlet colored red, what it pictures here in this meaning that we're looking at. Look over in Genesis chapter 25. Genesis chapter 25 and verse 24. We're talking about Esau. Uh, you remember that they uh, Rebekah had twins. Esau and Jacob, verse number 24. And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red. That's Underline that. The first came out red all over like a hairy garment, and they called his name what? Esau. Esau was a man of the earth. Esau was ungodly man. Esau was a picture of the natural man. He was destitute of faith. You remember over a little later on, He despised his birthright and sold it for a pot of stew. Uh, But what I'm wanting to emphasize here today is that the color red symbolizes, pictures, a man of the earth, a man made out of dirt, a man as worthless as anything on the face of this earth can get. So I want you to see again before we move on to the the color purple. The heaven, the blue represents what? represents heaven speaks of god god's abode is in the heaven in the third heaven god got an abode there where he still sits on the throne and our lord jesus christ is there even this morning as we teach this class and you listen uh he's there making intercession for us on the other color is red red is the lowest form of anything on the face of this earth the dirt uh let me give you one more thing that's interesting our Lord Jesus Christ, in the beginning, he was with God, he was God. John chapter 1, verse 1 says what? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and what? The Word was God. Then, you know, God sent his Son. Our Lord Jesus Christ left the blue skies. He left heaven. He left his Father, and he came down and took on the form of a man. That man is pictured in as red dirt worthless. Let me just point out how worthless it is. They used a dye to make red. There's some colors you don't use dye. You mix others. But in red they made a dye. And that wor- that dye came from a, a worm that inhabited the red earth. And I can't pronounce it, but it was two words. It's C-O-C-C-U-S. second word is I-L-I-C-I-S. And that means scarlet worm. That They used thousands of those to uh, mash them up, squeeze them, and get the red dye out of them that they used to dye the material red that went into this tabernacle. And now over in Psalms chapter 22 and verse 6, you can turn there if you'd like, it's a prophetic psalm, and David is giving prophecies, speaking of our Lord Jesus Christ, and in Psalm 22 verse 6, it says, I am a worm and no man. Are you are you thinking about? Listen, our Lord Jesus when he left heaven, he left the highest possible form of deity, life, however you want to describe it, there's no form of life that man knows anything about that's any higher than that, and I believe if, if there'd have been a form of form any higher, God would have been right. God's at the top, amen? And when our Lord Jesus left that and took on the form of a man, he came all the way down to the very other end of the spectrum, and he became as a scarlet worm of the earth, as low down as man can possibly get. Those two colors, blue and red, don't go together. They'll never go together. They won't work together, and you can't bring them together. But now let's move on to the third color, and I want you to see that. Purple is the color of royalty. Remember, blue and red are opposites. Purple is the color of royalty. Now, I said earlier, I said they get it like they took a, a scarlet worm and squeezed it out and they made a dye to dye the red material. Others, they used other dyes to make materials. There was no dye to make purple. Uh, how do you make purple? You have to make the red color and the blue color together and you come up with an intermediate color, and they called it purple. Are you all starting to see the picture? Our Lord Jesus Christ left the throne of heaven. He left the blue heavens, and he came down to the red earth. And we've studied this all through the tabernacle. We've seen the, the, the deity of Christ. But he was very God of very God and when he came down and took on the form of a man he was very man a very man all inhabited in one god he never no, in one body he never ceased to be god when he took on the form of a man and when he took on the for, when he took on the form of god he never ceased to be uh, when he took on the form of a man he never ceased to be god there were, he was a mixture he was the god man he was the lord jesus christ as the god man as the, picture, as the color blue represents, he was able to satisfy all of the demands of a holy God. As a man pictured by the color red, he was, he was able to meet all of the needs of a sinful man. What was the result? Our Lord Jesus Christ pictured in the purple the mixture of the blue God, the red man, he became an intermediate color. First Timothy chapter two verse five said what? He was a mediator. There is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Job referred to him in chapter nine. He said, "I need a daysman." The word daysman means mediator. What is a daysman? He said, "Somebody that can put his hand upon us both." Our Lord Jesus Christ is our high priest. He's able to put his hand on a holy God, and the other hand on a sinful man, and he meets the demand of a holy God, and he meets the needs of a sinful man, and he brings you and I together with a holy God, and we accept accepted in the beloved because of what's pictured in the purple, our Lord Jesus Christ, the mediator, that's able to resolve all this massive, huge, unmeasurable distance between the blue and the red. What is the result? It's all woven into the fine twine linen, which was white. All of those beautiful colors, the gold and all, was weaved right into it, and you and I are today enjoying imputed righteousness of Christ that came by Him being a mediator, shedding His blood, paying our sin debt, and reconciling us with the holy God. I always think of the scripture, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son to be born of a woman. I hope you see the tremendous picture. To me, it's amazing. It's amazing when you start to study and put the scriptures together. It's amazing how minute detail God used when he wrote the Bible. Everything in it all fits together. Uh, the 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 picture of our Lord Jesus Christ is pictured in the wood covered with the gold. Our Lord Jesus Christ is in the pictured in the purple. Our Lord Jesus Christ is pictured everywhere you find in the Scripture, and you put it all together and sum it up. It all tells one story. He's the God Man. He's the Mediator. He reconciled you and I to the Lord Jesus Christ. Anybody that studies the Bible and could possibly think that man wrote it has to be stupid. Uh, if man had have written it, there would have been so many mistakes in it. All of these colors would not have fit together. All of the gold the that covered the wood, everything. Y'all get in the picture? It is perfect. It's perfection in the way God had all put it together. And only God could have possibly done that. Man doesn't have that capability and never will have that capability. All right, next week we'll move on and go on into our study on the breastplate, and there's two tremendous truths in that.